Hello and welcome to Theory Time, a brand new podcast brought to you from Passengold Drawing School. I'm your host Jay Hurst and this podcast will make preparing for your theory test a little bit easier. Each week I'll be joined by two of the guests here on the podcast as we go through every theory topic by delving into a few questions whilst also talking about any driving stories that we or the listeners may have. We also have a competition running at the end of each episode so please stick around for more info on that. Hello and welcome to Theory Time with Dino, Hello, Cam Hi. and myself Jake. Now, as you may have heard from the intro, the whole point in this podcast is to give people a more fun and enjoyable way of learning their theory without all the hassle. So, for example, when learning your theory, you'd usually have to find time for it to sit and read a book or go through an app on your phone for an hour or two. Now, this also means you have to give it 100% of your time and attention, which may not always work for most people. Now, instead of doing that, you can multitask by listening to this podcast while doing whatever you're doing, really. You've already done that for today, and it gives you more time to spend on whatever you like. It's really that simple and effective. But we also have other features to this podcast as well, don't we, Dino? Yes, we certainly do. So we've designed this podcast to make sure that everyone out there is prepared to ace that theory test. So we will be going through every topic that's involved on the theory to make sure that you you all get that pass. We also want to get the listeners involved as well, so by showcasing their driving stories um, and also asking any questions that they have for us here at the pod. Now, we also have a prize to give away to someone who sends in the best driving story that they've experienced. Now, when we say a driving story, our idea of that is anything funny or interesting, any driving travel stories that you think are worthy of getting onto the pod and being a real contender for our big prize bag. So, Cam, how do you actually enter into this? So, this is pretty simple. There's three different ways you can send in your stories to us. Um, you can either send them by email to theorytime at passandgo.net or by sending them through our social media, so Facebook, Twitter, um, and hashtagging it, driving story. Now I've got all that info out of the way, we can now get on to the real theory stuff. So this episode's topic is going to be on alertness. Now, Dino, when you say alertness, what does this actually mean? So the alertness section of the theory tests uh, consists of questions about staying alert, dealing with various distractions and hazards while you're driving, um, and being aware of everything else that's going on around you. Now, hopefully that description clears that up a bit for anyone who was wondering what each topic in the theory test actually means in terms of practically driving. So the way this is going to work is we're going to read out a question, give you, the listener, 10 seconds to answer, and then Dino will come back to you with an answer and an explanation. Now, Cam, what is our first question for today? So our first question for today is, what should you do when moving off from behind a parked car? Four options. So um, do you give a signal after moving off? Check both interior and exterior mirrors, look around after moving off, or use the exterior mirrors safely. So the answer to this question is B. So when moving off from behind a parked car, you need to be making sure you're checking both your interior and exterior mirrors. Um, obviously, you want to be checking for anything like other cars, pedestrians, cyclists, um, I don't know, like a homeless person. <laughs> That's what I said, homeless person. Um, cats. Cats, dogs. yeah, cats, dogs, pigeons, you know, um, 
anything really you, you don't want to hit it yeah, yeah, you don't that's really want probably to. the moral of that story yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so now we're going to jump straight into question number two so here's our second question you lose your way on a busy road what is the best action to take do you stop at a set of traffic lights and ask a pedestrian do you shout to another driver and ask them the way do you turn into a side road and stop and check a map or do you check a map and keep going with the traffic flow So for this question, um, a lot of you are probably sitting there thinking who brings a map with them nowadays. Um, I remember back in the olden days, because I am the oldest one out of the three guys here, <laughs> that my dad used to put everything on a map before he set out on a journey. Never used to check the map on the journey, but uh, but yeah, it was all good intentions at the start. Um, but when we see a map, it could be anything to do with like your smartphone, tablets, anything like that, because a lot of people use them more for directions these days. Um, the answer to this question is turn into a side road, stop and check a map or your phone, but obviously make sure you stop before checking your phone. We are not endorsing <laughs> driving while looking at your phone. Okay, now for our final question for the first half of the podcast. So here's our third and final question for this section. Why are yellow lines painted across both lanes on the road? Is it to help you choose the correct lane? To help you keep the correct separation distance? to make you aware of your speed, or to tell you the distance to a roundabout. So the answer to this question again is C. Um, it's to make you aware of your speed. So the lines are painted yellow. I don't know whether anybody knows this because it naturally makes you think of hazard when you see that colour. Um, and also yellow is one of the easiest colours to see on a road. Okay, so that is our first three questions for this episode and we'll be straight back after this short interval for our next section of the pod, which is driving stories. Okay, we're back for part two of the Theory Time podcast, which is driving stories. Now, if you're unsure on what driving stories are, it's any driving or travel story that you, the listeners, have sent in and want to be heard on the pod. But there's also a giveaway for this as well. There certainly is. As the best driving stories we receive each week, we'll receive a Jalux. Jalux? Jalux. Jalux. I don't know. Deluxe. 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 There certainly is. Oh, I will get around to doing this properly. There certainly is, as the best driving story we receive each week, we'll receive a special goodie bag from Pass and Go with some great stuff in it to help pimp your ride. Okay, so for our first driving story, it is about a driving test examiner arrested over bribery allegations. <laughs> so on February 20th, 2013, Police in London arrested a driving test examiner along with several instructors and four test candidates who had been offering pupils a guaranteed pass in return for £3,000. The other driving test examiners who he worked with within the same building had no idea that this was happening and therefore they didn't face any charges or anything like that. Andrew Rice, who was the head of fraud investigations for the DBSA, said, We suspect the driving test candidates had approached one of these driving instructors who would be told then, We can guarantee you a pass for X amount of money. 
The candidate then agrees to that and the candidate passes the test to give the candidate the license. After months of research into this, over 200 licenses got revoked, which is a lot of licenses. Now, just to put that in the context of how much money that is, even if you had 50 hours of lessons and three driving tests, that would cost you just over a grand. So why people were paying three grand to pass the test was absolutely ludicrous. So guys, what are your thoughts on this? Some people are just mental on that, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, I would not pay three grand to pass my driving test, especially if at the end of it, I couldn't actually drive. There's so many things which are better to spend three grand on than just to pass a driving test, you know what I mean? Like, you must mean, be desperate. <laughs> how didn't other examiners notice this? You know, when you rock in with a Rolex on or... You know, you've got a brand new Mercedes sat outside, stuff like, like that. Turns up in an Armani suit yeah. and start conducting driving lessons. <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean, to be honest with you, like being the examiner. Like, when you um, tell them you're going on a three-week cruise around the Caribbean, like that's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're seeing that there's 200 licenses there being revoked, but that just means that's 200 that they found. Could be so many yeah, that more. That is true. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, that's what, 600 grand there? And the actual... Uh, news report uh, I watched the video of it and they go into and they've got just boxes of like loads of just names and they're going through uh, like everything it's like a whole fraud investigation it's quite mad well I can tell you now if I was following somebody on the road and they had paid three grand to pass the driving test I would be absolutely terrified oh yeah 100% like I would be if someone came to me and said okay listen if you can't drive I'll give me three grand and I'll you, you know that's it you're on the road what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'd be terrified to get in that car, even though I would have a full driver's license. I still have a clue what I'm doing. Exactly. You've got it's, three it's grand kicking about. Well, obviously, two, at least 200 <laughs> people that want to pass the driving test. Like you're so risking your life there, aren't you? Well, you're not just risking your, your, your life, you're risking the examiners. I mean, he is stupid for doing this. Because, I mean, he's putting a lot of people at risk there. You've got so many members of the public or the drivers, the, the candidate themselves. I know they're willing to pay three grand to pass the driving test, but it still comes with a massive element of risk there. So, I mean, it could be an issue for the examiner when you've paid this three grand and he gets in the car with a neck brace and a helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> Just because he knows you're a bit of a uh, loose cannon on the road if you're paying three <laughs> grand. The examiner's thought, though, yeah. when, uh, when the fraud... People. I was going to say fraud police. Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> like, the fraud police. When the fraud people just turned up and started going through the paperwork and everything like that, I've been a sweat on that. Yeah, I was like, they're probably all thinking, Jesus, what have I done? I think if I submitted my tax returns properly and stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, it's just Jeffrey down the road, you know, he's been taking three grand for someone to pass the driving test. Like, honestly, it's crazy. How do you even approach somebody for that? I mean, was the examiner just sitting in a coffee or somewhere and somebody just came up and went, Can you uh, pass the driving test? I'll give you three grand if you do it. What? He had a special sign round his neck. Well, Approached me for free. Uh, uh, not well, obviously not for free. It's far from free. Through little slight text messages and that. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, I'm just glad he got caught, you know. Good on DVSC. Yeah, well, you know the DVSC are quite good at a lot of things, so obviously rooting out a bad egg or a bad apple or, well, any other bad mm -hmm. elements of food that you can think of. <laughs> he is all of the above. Okay, now this is our second driving story, which is the worst possible advanced driving test ever. And this comes from James in Middlesbrough, who started as a driving instructor trainer. Uh, he turned up at a test center with his pupil, who was about to take an advanced driving test, got out of the car, walked up to the test center, and then noticed that his pupil was still sitting in the car. So he went back to the car and the pupil had locked themselves in. Now, just to put this context for any of our listeners, this pupil isn't just your casual 17-year-old going for a driving test. This is like a 40-year-old woman who has went through the whole course, went through level one, two, and three, and this is her final bit to get a, be a fully qualified driving instructor. 
So they were so scared that they were screaming and saying that they couldn't do it, they wanted to quit. So imagine a 40 year old woman having a full breakdown in your car, you were just wondering what to do, sat on the outside. I kind of feel for James's dad here, like, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have had a clue what to do. How do you react? Do you phone the police or what? Yeah. Like, someone's sitting in your car, they won't get out. So she refused to open the car, so James's dad had to go and get the examiner to come out and talk to her through the window to convince her that it really wasn't that bad. 15 minutes later, she finally unlocked the door and said she didn't want to be an instructor anymore and went home. So what are your <laughs> thoughts on that one? Do you give her a lift home after that though? Like she's just had a, you know, mental breakdown in your car. You'd be do a you, bit scared. You, well no, do you offer a lift home or do you make her get the bus? That's going to be a lonely bus journey home. <laughs> You've put all that time and effort into becoming a driving instructor and then all of a sudden you just have a massive freak out. Was it like three to five months training or something? Well, it depends on who you go with, to be honest with yeah. you. I bus around about sort of three months or so. I mean, it's more at the minute because of test dates and stuff, but I about uh-huh. three months. I so she's put a quarter of a year of her life into this and then for just like 15 minutes have a, have a massive uh, sort of freak out. But, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money as well to lose as well if that's what mm-hmm. you decide not to do. I would have imagined, though, you know, you've got to do a theory test. You've then got to do, like, part two test, which is your driving ability. And then you get loads of training about how to actually instruct somebody to learn how to drive. Yep. I would have thought they would have picked up before actually trying to attempt to sit that test that this job was just not for them. <laughs> well, it's weird as well because you've got two practical tests. Yeah. So, was there any issues with the first yeah. one, your part two test, or...? Well, the part two test is just like an advanced driving test, isn't it? So, they're just marking her on her driving ability, whereas the second one, they're marking her on her teaching ability. Mm. So, it can be, yeah. Yeah, obviously the pressure's just getting to her. Um, it's probably better that she didn't go through for it, though, yeah. to be honest with you. If, uh, if pressure gets to her that badly, it's probably not the right... Not a right career. Job would be, and if you yeah. um, if you're quite fragile, believe <laughs> <laughs> that. Yep. And on that note, that is it for our driving story section of the pod. So we're getting back into our final three theory time questions for this episode. Now, Cam, what is our next question for this episode? So our next question is, how should you use a sat-nav system so it does not distract you whilst you are driving? Do you turn it off whilst you're driving in built-up areas? Do you choose a voice that you find calming? Only set the destination when you are lost or stop in a safe place before programming the system? So the answer to this question is D, stopping to see if players before programming a system. Um, I know some of you out there probably sitting there thinking, okay, well, if I set a calm voice, um, that'll be all right. But no, set a calm voice, fiddling about with it whilst you're driving, they're all big distractions. Um, so yeah, so you should set the sat now before you start um, your journey. If something goes wrong, it's best to pull over in a safe place and then fix it. Okay, so now we're going to jump straight into question number five. So... Our fifth question of this podcast relates to cyclists and is as followed. You are traveling along a narrow country road and you see a cyclist ahead. How should you pass the cyclist? Do you sound your horn as you pass? Keep close to them as you pass? Leave them plenty of room as you pass? Or change down one gear before you pass them? So 
So the answer to this question again is C. So you want to be leaving plenty of room as you pass them. Um, if anybody out there is wondering how much room exactly you should leave or what's advised to leave, it's about a door's width um, from the vehicle to the cyclist. So in no way are we endorsing you opening your <laughs> passenger door and passing the cyclist with your door open. Please keep your door shut. Uh, but yeah, about a door's width should see you uh, pass them safely. Okay, great. Now for our final question of the podcast. So here's our final question. You can't see clearly behind you when you're reversing. What should you do in this situation? Should you open the window to look behind? Open the door to look behind? Look in the near side mirror or ask someone to guide you? So the answer to this question is D. So you're going to ask somebody to guide you. Um, this is obviously going to give you the best view. Someone will be able to guide you while reversing. They'll be able to see any sort of obstacles or anything that's going to be in your way. Okay, so that is all our questions done for this episode of Theory Time. But we aren't done yet. As next up, we have a Q&A, which is basically any questions you guys have for me, Cam or Dino here on the podcast. We'll give you answers to them. Okay, so now it is time for our Q&A section of the pod. And our first question is, how has the business been affected by COVID-19 and what has the company done to overcome it? So I can see you're best to there. take this one. Yeah, yeah. Blankly looking at me, I'll take this one then. Um, yeah, so, I mean, COVID-19, you know, it's, it's affected everybody, uh, everybody in the world, really. Um, so, yeah, for us as a business, it affected us, obviously, dramatically. You can't, obviously, conduct a driving lesson. Um when you're social distancing or when we're in lockdown. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been difficult. I mean, obviously when uh, the whole lockdown started, we've done the right thing and we sort of stopped all driving lessons. You know, we don't want to do anything to sort of, um, sort of make the situation any worse. We wanted to mitigate the risk as much as we possibly could. Um, so yeah, so during lockdown, we weren't, uh, we weren't doing any lessons barring those for critical workers. So we were still doing uh, special lessons for people like doctors, nurses, people that were keeping the food industry going, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, still conducting tests for critical worker tests as well. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it affected us sort of massively, like it has done for pretty much every other business out there. Um, sort of the instructors as well, obviously it's affected them massively as well you know when you're self-employed like not just our industry but every other self-employed industry you know you sometimes you don't have that kind of guaranteed income um and there was a lot of questions right at the start about whether the government would be offering any support for self-employed eventually they did which was good um i mean us as a company what we'd done for our guys just to make sure they had a little bit more support than normal obviously we froze sort of franchises leases all that different stuff so they weren't having to pay any of them bills um, we also offered our guys, every single one of them, we offered them a thousand pound interest free loan as well, just to help them out through the um, through the lockdown as well. So we'll have that little bit extra money to purchase food or pay for bills or whatever they needed through that time. Um, on the sort of backside of that though, sort of the restart has been interesting as well. So we started, I think it was the 3rd of July? 6th of Six. July. So yeah, so we restarted driving lessons for everybody on the 6th of July after the government uh, guidance was was announced that we could do so. Um, yeah, we've implemented a lot of safety changes as well, you know, we've got compulsory PPE that the instructors have got to wear, compulsory PPE the pupils have got to wear. 
Um, we've got a very strict cleaning regime for the instructors before and after every lesson. So, yeah, we've, we've implemented quite a lot. Um, we've put a lot in place. It's took a lot of hard work to get to that point, but we obviously want to make sure the instructors and the students are all as safe as possible doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so obviously masks, gloves, hand sanitizers, clean the car down, you know, it's... There's, there's Just making sure to educate everyone as well, make sure everyone's safe is what we put a number one priority, really. Yeah, I know you've been putting a lot of face, uh, Facebook posts, like social media posts, yeah. just to sort of educate people on how to stay safe and stuff like that, which mm -hmm. I think is a, uh, a good step forward as well. Especially the younger generation as well. Uh, they typically not because I'm 36. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this has become an ageist. <laughs> From my own uh, I'm not against you because you're 18. Social media is one thing which I generally see news on. I'm not the type of person to sit down and watch the news every night, really. So anything which pops up on social media, I'm, that's going to catch my eye more than having to go and look at news articles and stuff like that. Yeah. So trying to educate people through that as well by telling them what uh, you need to be wearing, uh, how to keep yourself safe, keep your family safe and keep, especially driving instructor, because it's a, realistically, it's a total stranger you're getting in the car with. Yeah. You, you don't know if he's got COVID-19 or what. So you know what I mean? I mean, obviously what we've got in place as well, I mean, all of our lessons are all sort of um, pre-booked through our online system as well. Mm -hmm. So, and obviously the government wants everything logged for track and trace purposes and stuff like that. So thankfully we've already had that in place. We already had a, um, an online diary system that all of our lessons were going through. So that implementing that side of things was, was actually pretty easy for us to make sure that, you know, if we do have an instance where people might not necessarily have COVID-19, but they might have to self-isolate because they might have some symptoms. Um, we can then quickly inform any other students that instructor has been involved with, inform the instructor, and then, you know, it's it's just making sure like uh, everybody is is sort of safe, really. You know, um, you know, we understand sometimes it might not be the most convenient thing getting an email saying mm -hmm. yeah, your your instructor or you, one of your instructor's students is um, is self isolating, but obviously this is it's now becoming quickly the new normal. Yeah. So everyone's just got to live with COVID nineteen in their own way. Um, yeah, obviously it's affected everybody else out there as well, you know. So there's a lot of um, things like redundancies and stuff. There's a there's just a lot of bad stuff happening because of it. Um, but obviously we want to take this opportunity to just tell everyone that's that's listening. We hope you've all stayed safe through this time as well. Um, and he is hoping that sometime very soon we get some sort of vaccine. <laughs> get um, back to normality. Yeah, yeah. well, um, some sort of normality. You know, I don't think it's ever going to be how yeah. it used to be. People are going to be a mo lot more aware, a lot more hygienic now. Well, so. it should have happened before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what are you trying to hands. say about general public? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's weird now because when you walk into the shops and stuff like that and everyone's got a mask on and stuff, it's it's like, because obviously mm -hmm. I know China's done this for years, haven't they? They've had like oh, yeah. face masks on. I mean, a lot of people think that people are wearing <laughs> face masks to sort of um, protect themselves from viruses and stuff, but it's... It's actually to stop you coughing and sneezing on other people, isn't it? It's, mm. it's actually to protect mm. other people that you wear this PPA. So, yeah, it's 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 the new normal. <laughs> I just found out before you mentioned China. They've been using like face masks for ages, and it's like that's where it first came from, China. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a face it's a face mask fault. It's confirmed here. Yeah, uh, they only used face masks for pollution. Right. Why they use them? So they don't like choke on like carbon monoxide and all that fun stuff. I don't think your class carbon monoxide is fun stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's ever been classified as fun stuff, but okay. <laughs> okay, moving on to our second question. Uh, each of us will be answering this one, and this is, what is your worst driving experience? We'll start with Cam. <laughs> uh, 
any time I've ever been in the car with Dean, without a doubt, he screams at me. So not in a malicious way or anything like that. I'll just be driving along and he'll shout or scream or yell and panic ensues <laughs> quite quickly. I'll just like to point out that I, I only do this to test Cam's uh, alertness um, <laughs> while he's driving because obviously you need to be uh, aware of a lot of things that's happening on the road. No one do this at home, please. <laughs> yeah, please don't speak other people. Uh, Dino, what's your worst driving experience? Um, how long you got, really, to be honest with you. I mean, I've been driving for, uh, what, 10, 11 years, something like that, so I've had a few doozies. It's been uh, 10 at the end. Um, I'd probably see the worst one so far to date. Uh, January this year, I um, sort of flipped the trailer. On flipped the, the trailer? Um, well, yeah, well, I didn't flip the trailer. I wasn't just angry and just decided to <laughs> anger. Um yeah, so I think it was either the 3rd or the 4th of January, so I had to go and pick a trailer up, an earboard advertising trailer from Wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody knows, but obviously the drive from Newcastle to Wheels is like a six-hour journey there, six-hour journey back. So got all the way down there, no problems, got almost all the way back without any problems, but obviously it was dark, um, it was windy, it was cold. So obviously pulling a trailer that's quite light when you're going down while well, coming back up on the A1, it's yeah. a lot of open roads, so... I decided to slow down quite a lot to be better safe than sorry. Um, that backfired. <laughs> backfired dramatically. So because I was going um, not too slow, but obviously too slow for this certain driver, um, in 18-wheeler truck decided to fly past me, um, overtaking us, and the wind current from, well, I don't, I don't know about the physics of wind or whatever, yeah, but the drag from the trail, like from their truck, um, sort of pulled the trailer and flipped it on the motorway. <laughs> so that just hit the floor. Um, Did you just was, go straight and it like shocked? Did you just hear a massive thud behind you and just like start panicking? Yeah, well, it was dark, it was pitch black because yeah. by the time I was getting back, it was probably, I don't know, maybe about six, seven o'clock at night, something like that. Winter, this was in January, so. Yeah. So yeah, it was pitch black um, and I just, I felt it more than anything first because when it hit the floor, because it was still attached to the truck I was driving, um, it shook everything. Like I just started losing a little bit of control, but I managed to right myself and get myself into the hard shoulder, um, got out of the car to see what actually had just happened. And there's the trailer lying on its sides, um, still attached to the car. Luckily. yeah, so I'm just glad there was no because if there was a car following the truck past us or something like that, it could have been could have been a lot worse, you know. Yeah. Um, so if you are that truck driver, um, please reach out to Theory Time Pass and Go because I would like to give you a few choice words. Um, but yeah, I mean they had to shut one of the lanes down in the motorway as well. Shut a lane down. Yeah. So the recovery truck had to come and I was waiting for an hour and a half on the sides of the E1. It's like winter as well. And, uh, it was freezing. freezing. Didn't, didn't take a call with us because obviously you never expect a. A trailer flip in a, a car accident. That. Um, so yeah, so I had to wait for the recovery bloke, and then he was like, "Okay, we're going to have to shut one of the lanes so I can get me truck around and rewrite uh-huh. the trailer." And so yeah, so if anybody was driving, I think it was the fourth of January at about seven pm. So if you were driving from sort of Durham to Newcastle and you ended up getting stuck in traffic, um, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake, though, so. Yeah, um, you're obviously our resident 17 year old. Yeah, uh, um, can't drive by the way. No. Learning to drive, learning, learning to drive, but you can't drive. <laughs> so, what is your worst driving experience? Uh, my worst driving experience, obviously, isn't me driving because I can't drive yet. But it was with a ex girlfriend. Um, uh, she was driving. It was at night, and she was like preparing in a way for a driving lesson. Where do you know the bit where you have to do it at night for one of the lessons? Um, yeah. She was kind of preparing for that in a way. 
Uh, so we're just driving to my house. The dad was in the passenger seat, just making sure she's doing everything all right. So we're going down the motorway and they're getting a little bit of a heated argument. So I'm in the back, I'm like, right, what's going on here? Trying not to like say a word, just like, yeah, okay. And uh, she starts panicking a lot, pulls the handbrake on a motorway. <laughs> At this point, I'm in total shock, and I'm like, oh, shit, oh, what is going on? Was she slowing down before she put the handbrake on, or did she just... No, 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 just handbrake, first bang, first reaction. I'm like, what are you doing? Okay, so right. she's like Vin so, Diesel, being fascinating. <laughs> yeah. That's what she's trying to do. Me being smart, didn't put her seatbelt on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> please put your seatbelt on. Yeah, <laughs> seatbelts are, well, they're there for a reason, yeah. so... <laughs> so I'm like grabbing onto anything I can find in the back seat. We're skidding all over the motorway. Luckily, there was no cars near us, and a dad manages to grab the steering wheel, skids us onto the grass. I'm drenched in sweat, <laughs> just wondering what's happening. <laughs> and then for the next about well, three hours, I'm just in total shock. And the car was silent on the way, but it was horrible. Well, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm guessing did a dad take over? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, left her on the hard shoulder. I would have. <laughs> She's not little passing go, was she? No, uh, no. That's all right then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, got out of the car when I was back. It's just like. Oh yeah, see it right. That just quickly it. speed walk back to the house and just try and get myself out of the shock. Nice cup of tea. <laughs> nice cup of Solves tea. Solves everything. <laughs> well, that could have been a hell of a lot worse. So I'm glad you were. Yeah, glad you were uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can just imagine that. Might not vision. be here today. <laughs> yeah, imagine that vision of the car yeah, just let, spinning around on the motorway. Let's not be doing that on your uh, driving lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the love of God, don't do that in your driving yeah. lessons. Even if your instructor says you can do donuts, he's joking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why. I mean, obviously, she was just a learner, right? And But me being a, a seasoned driver now, because I've been driving for 10 years, um, the last thing I would ever want to do is grab my handbrake when I'm driving. Yeah, that's what I don't get either. I was like, I don't know why. Like, I even asked her after, I was like, why was that your first reaction to grab the handbrake? And she was like, that's just how I learned to like, do an emergency stop. And I was like, what? That's like, emergency stop? Yeah, I was like, that's not how you do an emergency why, stop. Why, why was she doing an emergency stop? So all she's doing is arguing. Exactly. Just, <laughs> I forgot what they were arguing about. I'd wish to know what they were arguing about. Well, to be honest with you, probably all just a blur for you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just a traumatic experience wiped from your memory. <laughs> Okay, so on that note, that is it from us on the Theory Time podcast for this episode. And please remember to check back next week for more theory wisdom to help you pass your theory test. Bye. Bye. Bye.